When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is, of course, our Arsenal Agenda series during the international break. It is hardly the most exciting period. We're going to be honest. Uh, We wish there was more Arsenal to talk about. But with Arsenal joined top of the table, I'm joined this morning by Umar to discuss that fact and what that might mean for our future. Umar, how are you doing, mate? You good? You well? Yeah, I'm good. I was watching your show over the past few days and I, I was even thinking to myself, like, how does TC find topics to discuss because it's difficult, bro. Very, very difficult. But it is an international break, I suppose, and it's it's one of those things. But yeah, looking forward to discussing um, our title prospects and uh, potential January transfer targets. Yeah, and I think that January window is going to prove really important when it comes to you know solidifying potentially our our, our title ambitions. We certainly tried to do that last season with you know bringing in three players in Trossard and Kivior and Jorginho. We'll have to wait and see if indeed Arsenal have similar plans to be as you know frivolous, if you like, um, as uh, as they were back then. But just to talk to you about how you think we've started, you know, there's been a lot of kind of up and down feeling about the start of this season, and yet after eight games. We're ahead of City. Mm. We're at the top of the table in terms of points. It's not that bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yet there's been kind of a lot of questions about how we've started the season and that we've apparently regressed from last yeah. year. Yeah, it could be worse. It could be worse. It could be a lot, lot worse. I, I think it stems from the expectations the fan base has around this football club now. Obviously, we had a successful season last year. Um, we fought two for nil with Manchester City to try and get this Premier League title. Obviously, it didn't go the way that we had hoped, but it was still a positive season, a lot of progression, a lot of growth um, within the team, within the fan base. And I think Arsenal fans, when this season started, the first initial thought that they had, as soon as a ball probably didn't even get kicked, they probably thought to themselves, we're Manchester City's closest challengers and we should be going again this season and we should be at least going until May, um, the latter stages of the season, and trying to win this Premier League title, at least competing or contesting with it. Um, so that's fine. But I think Arsenal, like, I, I don't mind the way that they have started. I think you look back to last season, and I know there was a few performances when we did start the season that were a bit off and we weren't playing at our best. And I think this season is the same. But I think what matters is um, getting the points on the board. Because I said there a few weeks ago to you, you can easily lose a title race in the opening eight games of a season, let alone fighting for it. So what we have to do in these first opening eight games is be there and thereabouts, get points on the board. Performances, of course, they matter. You have to perform at a very good level to win games. And I think we have. Yet we've been lucky in certain games um, due to certain decisions and late goals and penalties being awarded, etc. But at the end of the day, you make your own luck in football. 
And for a lot of those games, I think we've deserved to win as well. You go back to that Fulham game where we where we dropped two points. We should be winning that. Um, Tottenham, if we don't suffer those injuries to Declan Rice, if Bakaya Saka doesn't get kicked left, right and centre in that game, if Jorginho doesn't make that mistake, we could be probably beating Tottenham in that game as well. So I think it goes both ways. Look, we've been lucky in certain games and I think we've been unlucky in certain games. But what matters is getting the points on the board and we've had some big wins. We've beaten Manchester City early on. We've beaten Manchester United early on. We've gone to difficult grounds away from home and ended our bogey bogey teams, basically winning at those grounds. Goodison Park, very good win. Crystal Palace, I know we beat them last season, but still... It's a difficult place to go at Soho's Park uh, on an evening game. So I'm liking what we're doing so far. Look, it could it could be much, much better, but we still need to take into consideration it's eight games. There's still more to come with this Arsenal team. And look, we haven't played our best team yet so far. Martinelli, Saka, Jesus, they've not started together this season, have they? I think so. I'm pretty sure they haven't. They haven't. And I think have, have Odegaard, um, Party, and Rice started together. Not in the, in the midfield. midfield three. They, they, they did in the then. community shields, but they haven't in the league in the mid uh, in a midfield. They've obviously started with Partey at right back, but yeah. they've not started as a three. That's scary. In the yeah, that's scary. Mm. Like the fact that like those six players, our most integral players, haven't started together in a game in the Premier League. That's positive. Really, really positive. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, absolutely. And I hopefully um, we'll see that happen after the international break with Partey hopefully fully fit, um, with Saka hopefully fully fit, Martinelli returning to full fitness with players returning unscathed from this international break. Are you worried that this international break might have a negative impact or do you think the benefits of having players like Saka, Martinelli, Saliba staying at home outweighs that risk? Yeah, it does. I think I, I would have been slightly worried if um, Bakar Saka's fitness test came out positive uh, when he travelled to England um, to E. But look, he's going to have two weeks off, three weeks, essentially, because he never played against Manchester City. So three weeks without first-team football, club football, any football whatsoever, I think that's going to be important for Bakar Saka. Martinelli, he came back against Manchester City. He wasn't picked for the Brazil international um, team for this um, campaign for these next two weeks. So that's another positive. William Saliba, there's been talk that he's been suffering with this toe injury. Like two weeks rest for him, it's going to be good. So I think it's, it, it's more positive than negatives with this international duty. But hopefully we can get players like Thomas Party back, fit, Tommy Asu, etc. But like players like Ben White, they're going to be um, not travelling. Uh, they're going to have two weeks off. So that's another positive. So there's a lot of positives, I think. I don't think Emil Smith-Rowe was called up to the England under-21 squad either. No, I mean, it's a lack of game time that yeah. is obviously badly affecting these players. And there's links this morning to Newcastle. Yeah, I don't know if you've yeah. seen um, yeah. I, If he was to go to Newcastle, we've seen Joe Willett go there and I've not exactly regretted that move. But obviously, Smith-Rowe's played a far more amount of games and more important matches for Arsenal and yeah, I'd say he's a better player than than Willock as well. What do you make of that? Yeah, it's interesting. You know what like over the over the past few weeks he has been getting opportunities. Mm. Like which is interesting. Yeah, maybe not the opportunities that Emil Smith Rowe would like in an Arsenal shirt, but it's more than what I expected. 
if I'm being completely honest. I think what changed the Mikel Arteta's mindset is in the game that he brought him on was against Eindhoven when he got that brilliant reception from the fans. I think it was against PSV Eindhoven, uh, as far as I can remember. He got a brilliant reception from the fans uh, at the Emirates. And since then, McClatter has been giving him opportunities. Obviously, he played uh, in the Carabao Cup against Brentford. Uh, he's come on in certain other games in the league. And he has been getting opportunities. He should have scored against Bournemouth as well, if we're being like quite harsh. He had that opportunity, I think, towards the end of the game. And I think Neto makes a fantastic save. But I'm surprised that he's getting more opportunities than what I had expected. I still think he deserves more. But again, it's down to Mill Smith Rowe to show it on the training ground, to be focused when opportunity does get given to him. He needs to prove it on the pitch. And I think the cameos that I've seen of, of him, they've been decent. But look, Newcastle United, they're a threat. Anyways, you have to start taking them seriously. Look what they've done to PSG in the Champions League in their last game. Like Not many teams can do that to uh, one of the giants in Europe. And they were fantastic. And they started to pick up a bit of form, Newcastle, in recent weeks. They had a slow start to the season. There was a lot of pressure on Eddie Howe. But he seems to have turned that tide. They're starting to get wins on the, on the board. Um, good performances. I know they were unlucky not to win on the weekend against West Ham. But there's always talk with Arsenal fans. Like, if a club like Newcastle gets linked to our players, they're like, yeah, sell him. £50 million. But it doesn't work like that. Like, it doesn't work like that. Newcastle have a lot of money, but they're sensible when it comes to buying players. Yeah, they are. You think they're, about the Tierney situation. They were linked exactly. so heavily with Tierney. But yeah. they decided to say, no, we're going to go for yeah. Lewis Hall instead. He's younger. He's not got the same track record of fitness problems as Tierney does. They've already yeah. got target and burn you know and they've decided to go down that route and i can't blame them mm. you know for that either and then you look where tini's gone he's gone to rail slosh down alone and he's got injured yeah. like, and he's out for a significant period of time it looks like so uh, they will be smart about what yeah. they're willing to spend i mean how much is smith row worth <laughs> we always have this discussion me and you. Mm. how much is he worth um 40 million and that's just basically looking at his potential his age He's got a lot of experience under his belt in this league, European competitions. But that's a big but. He's not playing games week in, week out. So obviously, if you're not playing week in, week out, your value is going to drop when teams like Newcastle come to the table because they're going to be thinking to themselves, why should we be paying £40 million for a player that doesn't really play? In a way. What's a, what, that... what do you think? How can you justify a price tag that's anything higher than 50? How can you justify a price tag that's any higher than 40? Mm. He's not playing yeah, and hasn't played consistently for a really high amount of time, you know? Um, he's homegrown, yes, which counts uh, if he moves to a Premier League team, but it's really hard to justify that. I mean, in my mind, I wouldn't want to set him for that. You know, I wouldn't want to let him go for that. But how, how can you justify asking for more? Do you know what I mean? I think Arsenal in the summer were certainly putting a very high price tag when there were suggestions that Chelsea might be yeah. interested in him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, we were talking about titles and very quickly moved on to Smith-Rowe because it's a, <laughs> a point of discussion this morning. But 
also, we t- we did mention what Arsenal could do in regards to you know incomings. Mm. Smith Rowe is is not being used because there's options on that left hand side, and we've got quite a lot of depth on the left. You know, you've got Trossard behind Martinelli, you've got Nelson that can play there. Jesus has played there this season. It's really the right hand side that you look at and go, that's where we could do with some depth. And the, the name that's being brought up a lot is Pedro Neto. So mm. a sale of of Smith Rowe could help to fund a, a move for somebody like Neto. Do you think that's the right player to to go for? Yeah, honestly, I do. I, I was worried about his um, injuries, but this season he started on fire for Wolves. Like every time I've seen them play, even if it's highlights, he's the difference maker. He's the player that's making an impact in this game. And I'd be slightly worried because if he was to come to Arsenal, you know what teams are going to do. They're going to play that low block. They're going to try and stifle us. And they're not going to give us that space that, Say, for example, teams give whoops in a way. So Neto has more in terms of taking players on, attacking. He has more space to drive into. And with Arsenal, it's going to be difficult because he has to come in and I think he has to alter his game. He has to change it. Similar similar to what Martinelli has done, in a way. Because remember, there was a lot of talk with Martinelli. Can he play in Mikulata's system? It's not always about driving into space, being explosive, taking players on. And I think he's done really well in terms of improving that side of his game. And Pedro Neto, I think he'd have to do the same. But he, like, he's someone which is like, he can play in two positions, DC. Like, if you need to give Saka a breather, he can do that job. If you need to give Martinelli a breather, he can do that job. And it just makes Arsenal's attacking options in the final third with the attacking three unique. Very, very unique. You don't know what you're going to get on any given day whether it's a European game, whether it's a weekend game in the Premier League, because managers are going to be thinking, look, oh, will Mikel Arteta decide to play with Saka, Martinelli, Jesus, or will he decide to play with Neto, Saka, Jesus? There's so many options. And even Jesus's performance on the weekend against Manchester City, he was fantastic. He was absolutely incredible against yeah. Manchester City. Yeah, What he'd done on the right-hand side. like He worked his socks off. And that's another option He's for us. on the right. Than yeah, the left. exactly. Father. Exactly. Yeah. But that's another option as well that Arsenal now have in the in their locker. So I look at Pedro Neto and there's always been talk that we've been linked with him. It's, it's gone for about two of two summers, two summer windows now, two seasons. And there was always talk that Arsenal won in. Um, obviously, Jorge Mendes, he's always been apparently driving this. Um, injuries, I think, maybe hampered this deal. Um, obviously he suffered some big injuries in the past but he's a top player if I'm looking at Arsenal to look for the player that can add something different to the attack Pedro Neto he stands out for me you look at Liverpool's attack the only reason Liverpool are being talked about as being a potential title challenger this season is not because of the defence it's not because of the midfield it's because they have so much attacking talent in their team on any given day they were without Jota on the weekend against Brighton. And I knew I knew they drew that game 2-2. Who did they have in that game? Gakpo was injured. Jota was out due to suspension. They had Salah, Nunez and Diaz as their attacking free. Like, come on. That's fire. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Power. And you can at least chuck Harvey Elliott as well in certain games in one of the wide positions. And I think Arsenal need to get to that stage. And I think if you add Pedro Neto, there's so much variation in Arsenal's attack. There is. And I think that what we can do with that deal is that you don't necessarily have to go for the striker. The striker's been a position I know a lot of people talk about. I think it's a position that we shouldn't be rushing Hmm. and certainly should be looking to invest smartly in the right position. I think if you sign Neto, you're adding a lot of depth. You know, you, you give yourself plenty of options in the centre forward role anyway. Neto has actually played, you know, through the middle at times for uh, for Wolves, I think for Portuguese youth sides. I think he's yeah. played there. Um so it's it's certainly a player that I would like to see at Arsenal. Hopefully you can stave injury off and that you can kind of have this run up to January that's completely unscathed by any issues. People talk about his injury issues, but for me, you know, I, I barely look at injury records because you know, Arsenal players get injured. but And, yes. and whether you've got an injury record or not, you get injured at Arsenal. So it Declan barely Rice, matters anymore. Even Declan Rice. Yeah, exactly. Declan Rice never injured. And yet he comes off in the North London derby because he's got an injury. It's mad um, what happens at Arsenal. So, yeah, I barely even look at those injury records. Mm. At the, moment. the other player, of course, I, thought I mentioned striker there, is is Ivan Tony. What are your thoughts on on him? You know what? I like Tony, but it's it's an interesting one because I think when you've got two players that you link with in terms of Neto and Tony, Arsenal are not going to go out and buy both of them in January. We have to be realistic. It's going to be one or the other, if, it, if it's anyone. And then you need to, like yourself, think about how it will strengthen Arsenal's team, the negatives, not rushing, etc. But I look at Tony and takeaways off-field issues, yeah? I still think there's a player there that is hungry, very hungry to like succeed at a top club. And I think that is an underrated attribute that I look at. Look, I know he's a very good player. Um, he's done well for Brentford over the past few seasons since they got promoted. Um, he's, what, 27, 28? He's at that peak and he can play for about five, six years because of his um, stature, because of the way he plays as a striker. I think he can play for a long time, similar to what Olivier Giroud is doing right now. He's still playing at a higher level. I look at Tony and I think he would come in straight away and he'd make an impact. And say, for example, we're in January. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you this question. Say we're in January and we're maybe first or we're on the coattails of Manchester City, three points off, whatever. If you had to choose who to bring in in January to win Arsenal, the Premier League title, who would you choose? In, in in that predicament, Neto because for me it would be Tony. It would be Tony. It would be Tony. Oh, I'd choose Neto. Really? Yeah. Who is the most? Like I know that we won against City, but for me, who is the most other than William Saliba, perhaps? Yeah. For me, behind Saliba, the most Saka. irreplaceable player in this team is Bakaya Saka. Yeah. And so, if Arsenal were to lose Bakaya Saka over a long period of time, I'd be more confident in this team with Jesus at centre forward and Neto on the right than I would with Tony at centre-forward and Jesus on the right, personally. 
it's, it's, that's the thing for me. Like, I look at Eddie and Ketia. I look at Gabriel Jesus. Mm. And I look at them, yeah? And I, I think to myself, can they get Arsenal to the finishing line? Yeah. Of, win of winning a big trophy. And I agree with you. I think when you talk about a player being irreplaceable, it's Stephanie Saliba and Saka for this Arsenal team. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't disagree and with Rice. That. You'd have to say Rice. Is well, I know yeah. we got Partey, but Rice, yeah. But I look at Eddie and Ketia and I look at Gabriel Jesus and I look at both of them and I just don't think they have that ruthlessness in their game. Mm. It's and worth pointing out that Tony scored. I know, exactly. I know we're going to say. Goals. I know you're going to say it. Exactly. three more than Jesus, and he exactly. wasn't there for our three months of the season. Great point. I, I knew you were going to say that. I was waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> but the big but is, I just think there'll be more variation to our game if we had the choice. Because like, like we just seen with Jesus against mm -hmm. Manchester City, his best position for me is out wide. Out wide. He's very comfortable yeah. in, playing, in playing in one of those positions. He saw it for Manchester City. Like you saw it for Manchester City um, when, when he was doing well under Pep Guardiola. He is very versatile, but Pep Guardiola always decided to play him on the flank. I don't know what it is, but I think it stems from him not being ruthless in terms of putting the ball in the back of the net. And I want a, I want a striker that is ruthless, someone that can put the ball in the back of the net, but someone that can offer something different. However, this is, this is the big part for me. Kai Havertz, since he's been at Arsenal, I've been underwhelmed by his performances at left-sided midfield, okay? In the midfield position. His best performances for me have been as, as a number nine. His best performances have been for me as a number nine in an Arsenal shirt. Mm. Against Manchester City in the Community Shield, I thought he was very good. His cameo off the bench uh, on the weekend against Manchester City, I thought it's, it's what you want like from a striker. And if Mikel Arteta decides to stop persisting with Kai Havertz in a midfield position and decides to opt with him as a number nine for certain games, I'd, I'd go for Pedro Neto. I'd go for Pedro Neto because Kai Havertz, I still think he's, he's got a role to play in this team. And I'd be more impressed with him as a number nine. He's physical. He knows how to pin defenders back. He's, he's got technical ability as well. Yeah, maybe his goal-scoring attributes are not the best. But where would you rather him play right now? Not in the midfield. <laughs> you know, not in the midfield. I'd either, as you say, centre-forward or just off of the centre-forward. Hmm. Uh, as close to the box as feasibly possible. Exactly. You know, that's, that's where I'd want to play him because I just think that that's that's where he's got the most influence. It's not to say that I don't think he's done some good things in midfield. I just don't think we're getting the best of him. I just think there. he's too slow in midfield. I'd rather sign somebody else. You know, I really like Yusuf Afana at Monaco. I've yeah. talked about him a lot. I'd love to see him come in. I think Partey and Rice can play together and should play together in, in you know, all of our Premier League games, all of our tough Champions League games we get to the knockout stages, fingers crossed. Um, you know, I, I would be playing Partey and Rice together behind Odegaard. So... Yeah, definitely. Havertz, for me, is a depth player, mm. you know, really, because he's not in my best 11 for the team. Would you have started him on the weekend? Before the, before um, the team came out? Yeah, I would have done. I would have played yeah. Jesus right and Havertz, but 
and he turned out he helped us win the game, you know, with that contribution. So I would have done, but I, you know, it's easy with the benefit of hindsight to say that. But we won the game with Eddie starting and then Kai coming on later. And I yeah, thought Eddie worked. did a good job. I think people really bashed Eddie. It's difficult. I think it's difficult in that game. It's like a chess game. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not a tactical yeah. game. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't really get the Eddie bashing. But I get that they want a guy to stand up and score, you know, but I'm sorry, Erling Haaland didn't have a shot and he's the best striker on the planet. So if yeah, you're going to start battering Eddie Nketiah for his performance and yet on the other side of the field, you've got the best striker in the world mm. not having a touch of the ball because of the type of game that it is. And Eddie, like Haaland, you know, it's the only real comparison you're ever going to see between those two, but they're both finishers. You know, that's that's yeah. they're known for their finishing. Yes, Haaland's got the height as well and and that, but... His number one attribute people think about Haaland, they think about him scoring goals, mm. you know. And Enketia, his, his main trait is his finishing, you know, get him in a tight space in the box and you back him to score. But I think that to a completely different level, obviously, than compared to Haaland, but it's it's the point stands regarding those two. So I didn't really get the battering of him. I thought his performance was similar to the one against Man United that he was lauded for, where he put a really big shift in, battled well, slid in when necessary. He does like a, like a slide tackle, doesn't he? You know, he nearly got sent against Spurs for that. But there was one where he slid in, again, King against Carl Walker, got nowhere near the ball or the player, and the ch- the crowd were really chanting yeah, his name. Yeah, yeah. I think was, he was chanted more than any other player that game. I think he needed that. Put in. Um, and I think that when it comes to when it comes to Arsenal looking to upgrade the striker position, it absolutely needs to happen in the future. But for yeah. me, I'm looking at upgrading Jesus and then Jesus upgrading Enketia. I'm looking at take, like that knock-on effect. I'm not looking at upgrading Je- uh, Enketia specifically because I think we should be aiming to try and improve the starting Ruff. option always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think if you go and sign Tony, for me, he doesn't start over Jesus. In Arsenal's best 11, Tony isn't in it. Hmm. And I think that Arsenal, if they sign a striker and they're going to spend 60 plus million, which is what it arguably would cost to get Tony reportedly, I want to sign a striker that gets into my best 11. You like that Benjamin Sesco, isn't it? I like him. But again, it's like a case of waiting until the summer to Hmm. see. And to be honest, Sesco doesn't get into our best 11 at the moment. Santiago Jimenez at final, another player that's being talked about. I just, I, I just think when you look at strikers, the only one that gets into our best eleven is the striker that plays for Napoli, Ozyman. Ozyman, yeah, and that's the only one that I'd say is at a club right now that you'd think can take a step forward to Arsenal mm. and get into that. Everyone else is already at a very big club or on a very similar level to Arsenal, but I don't think you're going to be able to get Ozyman. And so the next yeah. best option for me is to sign a player that I think can develop into the position where they are better than Jesus. With Tony, you're signing a player that's in there prime you're getting what you get with Ferguson yeah again Ferguson's another name like you invest in a young striker but even Ferguson like I've always had my skepticisms about Ferguson yeah he's not always starting for Brighton you know Mm -hmm. and he had that game did he start against Aston Villa in that 6-1 defeat I think he did yeah he did he got substituted he came off in that game you know he's still very young and I feel like I need to see a lot more Ferguson. But that's what I mean. That's like I understand what you when you talk about like the striker, the next striker that we have to get, it has to be an instant upgrade. But mm. I only look at Ozyman being that and what are Napoli gonna charge? 150, 160 million yeah. pounds. We, we ain't gonna pay, pay that. We might. We might we have to pay it. For us, it's mate. true. Yeah, it's true. You know? It's a good point. But in, in an ideal world, we pay that money and we bring Ozyman to the Emirates. But I want a striker right now. Look, all our team, they're young. But they're not necessarily, they're at their peak. They played like a lot of games for this football club. They played with each other and they have that experience now. I want Arsenal to now stop signing players similar to Declan Rice. 
I don't I don't know what you would call it, but players that have that are not necessarily old, but they're young, but they come in straight away, and you know what you're going to get with them. As soon as we paid 105 million pounds for Declan Rice, I knew straight away this this signing is going to be a success. You know what you're going to get with Declan Rice, and that for me is the next thing. Even in the striker striker position, like with Tony, yeah, there's a lot of skepticism about his age, um, like whether he can play at a big club. But I've got, I've just got a good feeling about it. I don't know why. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I don't blame people for wanting Ivan Tony. Like, I can't because he scored. He's got a, got a decent track record. But I would say it's not, it's not an amazing track record. As I say, 14 goals last season in the Premier League. And I think it was seven, but I think that included penalties the season before. Uh, it's, it's, Do you it's think he one... could score more? Do you think he could score more in an Arsenal side? Well, the, the issue I have with that is that he's currently playing in a Brentford side that is attuned to get the ball to him. Mm. Like he is the, the spearhead of that team. And yeah. the, often the criticism I get in retort to what I say is that, well, if he was playing in a better team with better players like Arsenal, he'd score more goals. Has, Jay, has, um, has Trossard scored more, assisted more since we went to Arsenal? No, he's been about as good as he has been at Brighton at Arsenal. He was scoring goals. He was getting assists on a fairly regular occasion for Brighton. And he's done that when he's played for Arsenal as well. Yet he's playing with better players, you know. I think Declan Rice has t- certainly taken to his game to another level because of the individual coaching of Arteta. Mm. I don't necessarily think he's been of a higher level because of playing with better players around him. I think he individually is as good as he is and he's going to improve based upon the coaching from Arteta. But I think with Tony and the age profile that he is would show you that he's a pretty rounded player is what he is right now. You know, and what more you can extract from him at that age or what Arteta can coach him, I don't know. But you could say that about any player that signs they're going to improve individually under the better coaching. Hmm. But I don't think that necessarily it's a guarantee that just because Tony plays at Arsenal, he scores more. Yeah. Um, plus, we don't create loads of chances. That's one of our big issues is that, you know, if anything, we need to be a side that's got more creative. That's why I lean on Neto, who's got five assists already during even, this Premier League season. Even Odegaard, you know? even Odegaard this season. I don't know if he like what, what you think about, it, but his his position has been altered in a way. Like you no, saw, I, it, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I don't know how to describe it, but I'm looking at Odegaard right now, and he's not creating the chances that I saw a few seasons ago. Like he, he's shooting a lot more like in in games but even that left uh, right sided midfield position it seems a bit not at its free flowing best in a way and hopefully that will come in the next few weeks because i think it needs to because if our left sided midfield position is not working out uh, at its free flowing best i think the right needs to start working but yes yeah, it's, it's an interesting one i think january is going to tell us a lot of um things i think it it, it depends where arsenal are in the title race, how they're doing um, in the Champions League group stages um, to get to the knockout stages, which hopefully they will. But yeah, I just think if Arsenal are doing well in the league, they will need to be a bit more ambitious compared to how they were last January. Would you agree with that? Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Without question. Yeah. Without question, mate. Um, I, I don't know what we'll do. I'm excited to see what we'll do. And I think that the January window is going to be really important to our title hopes. 
Um, but there's a lot of games to be played between now and then. Um, and there's a lot of football still to, to happen, of course. And the table could look very different by January. So let's let's wait and see. We've got some really big games still. We've got uh, Chelsea, obviously, as soon as we come back. We've got a trip to Newcastle. We've got Liverpool just before Christmas. Uh, we've still got uh, um, someone else as well that we haven't played. Brighton we've not played yet. Aston Villa, you know, Aston Villa we've not yeah. played away. Yeah, you know, it's a fair few big games still between now. But we have got all those promoted sides, Sheffield United, Luton, um, Burnley still to come. We've still got to play some other sides at the bottom end of the table, you know. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing us build up some momentum, hopefully, after, especially after that win. We need to build upon that. Uh, Stanford Bridge has got a little bit of a new edge to it because of obviously their, their recent upturn in form. But it was Burnley yeah. and it was Fulham. So, you know, there are. Are you are more confident, though? Like are you more confident after that Manchester City win? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. But that yeah. was a performance that was very tactical. It wasn't. I don't expect us to play the way we played against City at, at Chelsea, but I do expect to see Rice and Partey play together in midfield, and I think that's going to be massive. You know, mm-hmm. Chelsea fans are losing their heads over the fact they've got Enzo Fernandez and Moises Caicedo. My goodness, when Partey and Rice come to Stamford Bridge, you're going to get a lesson in what a midfield is. You know, so let's let's wait and see. Umar, thank you for your time, mate. As always, always, bro. Uh, much appreciated, and yeah, good chat. Absolutely. Uh, thank you to everyone in the chat box. Let us know your thoughts on anything we've discussed today. Let us know in the comment section down below. Would you like to see Tony come in or would you prefer a Neto? Uh, which would you like? If not either of those, who would you like to see Arsenal go for? I'm seeing a lot of hype around this Serhu Garassi uh, mm. at the moment at Stuttgart. He's got 13 goals in seven Bundesliga games. Um, it's a shame he's going to be 28 in March. So There's another good striker as well. Uh, Boniface? Boniface, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Young uh, French guy. He's decent. Yeah. He looks good. As I say, this is why I'm waiting to the summer yeah, yeah, yeah. seeing what options are available to us in that period because yeah. we could be have some exciting options that we then miss out on because we've you know, blown it all on Tony, who mm. gets like a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we'll wait and see. Um, thank you, everyone, for uh, tuning in. Drop a like, subscribe, all that lovely stuff. Help us on our way uh, to 100K. Uh, we're less now than 3,000 subs, amazingly so. So, Thank you to everyone that's continued to tune in. We'll see you again very soon. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.